two, one, go. Welcome everybody. Happy Thursday or Friday, depending on where you're joining us from in the world. Um, my name's Meg. I am part of Power to Fly's virtual hosting team, and I am super excited to be uh, joining you to help you, uh, you know, help introduce you to the new Relic team um, and talk a little bit more about parental leave. So as we are getting into today's chat, I just want to cover um, a a couple quick housekeeping items. Um, if you've joined us for a chat previously, this will all be kind of old hat to you. So my apologies, but we'll try and get through it quickly so we can get onto the main event. Um, so like all of our virtual events, today is all about you. It's about our attendees. We wanna make sure that you all have the chance to participate. So you are welcome to do that in a couple different ways. You can um, come off mute to ask questions, add comments. If we're going over one of your questions, you can add context to it. Um, but if you do come off mute at any point during today's session, you will show up on the live recording. So one thing I like to highlight is that if you have any kind of um, you know, privacy concerns or just, you know, don't feel like showing off your, your bedhead to the world, don't worry about it. You can still participate. Um, instead of coming off mute, you can put any questions or comments you have for our speakers into the Zoom group chat. And if you would like to, you know, kind of maintain deep cover, don't want anyone to know you're here, that's okay. Um, all you have to do is DM me your comments or your questions, and I will raise them to the panel and keep you anonymous. Um, like I said, this session is being recorded. So everyone that registered for today's session, regardless of whether you attend or you stay for five minutes, you stay for the full 60, you dip in and out, or even if you signed up but didn't make it today, hi from the past, you know, future watchers, um, everybody that registered is going to get an email. Um, it'll be there in about one to two business days, and it will have a link to where you can rewatch this session on our website. Now, if Bridie or Michael says something just mind-blowing, you Think it's amazing you can't wait to share it with your friends or your family or a coworker. you do not have to wait the one to two business days you can head on over to our youtube channel we have two there's a, a basic one and then our dedicated chat and learn channel so this video will be posted to that chat and learn channel usually within about five to 15 minutes of the end of today's session um, so like i said if you do want to um, add comments or context or uh, ask questions of our speakers you can always write them in the chat um, and then one of the other things I recommend is that you keep up with us on social. So like I said, I mentioned our YouTube channel, um, a really great idea, especially if you attend um, even just a couple of these chats a month is to subscribe to our channel. It is a great way to make sure that you um, stay up to date on these great events without worrying that maybe you haven't registered or you, you know, aren't sure what, you know, if we've, we have like one that comes up after you've checked the pages. So I always recommend that. Um, you can also keep up with us on our other social media channels. We are at Power to Fly on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, and last but not least, uh, if you would like to join us and share your, your smiling maskless faces with us safely, please feel free to. Um, there's no need to be Insta-perfect. I think I'm on day three of dry shampoo. Um, so, you know, uh, non-traditional workspaces, furry coworkers, child supervisors, all of this stuff is welcome and encouraged. We want you to, to come as you are and, and have fun learning with Power to Fly today. Um, so I'm really excited to introduce you to our speakers. Um, first up, we have Bridie Kennedy. Uh, Bridie is a sales leader at New Relic, and she's focused on helping engineering teams build better software and improve their time to market. Bridie is Sydney-based and has worked in technology sales for 10 years in both individual contributor and leadership roles. And Bridie believes that working mothers are the secret weapon of the corporate world. When she's not busy chasing after an energetic toddler, she likes relaxing with a good book. So welcome, Bridie. We're so happy to have you today. Hi, Meg. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, and look, I, I think I'm like a lot of women uh, who have spent their 20s building a career, um, you know, being being successful, maybe getting promoted. Uh, and you sort of get to that point where everything's sort of starting to take off, but it's also the time that maybe you're getting married and you're thinking about starting a family, you know, if you're sort of in that traditional family sort of unit um, or not. Uh, and I think that's like, for me, it was, it was really scary. Cause I was like, how do I, how do I juggle being a mother and having a career and being ambitious? So for me, it was a bit of a leap into the unknown and bit scary to be honest so I'm really excited to be here today to to speak to um, the people that are, that are joining and share some of the stuff that I picked up and hopefully make them feel a bit more at ease that it is possible um, yes it is a bit scary but you know you can do it so really excited to be here thanks for having me awesome thank you so much for sharing that Bridie 
Um, so joining Bridie from the New Relic team, we also have Michael Davis with us. Um, Michael is an enterprise account exec uh, focused on helping organizations build better software and delivering world-class digital customer experiences. Prior to joining New Relic, Michael worked for 10 years in technology sales, as well as consulting roles at Qualtrics, Experian, and KPMG. Outside of work, Michael enjoys spending time with his wife and one-year-old daughter and keeps fit by playing basketball and the occasional visit to the gym. So welcome, Michael, and thank you for joining us. Thanks, Meg. Yeah, really excited to be here. Um, like Bridie said, it's, uh, it's, been a, it's been an interesting year, um, to say the least, uh, you know, not least because of everything that everybody's gone through with, with COVID, but, uh, but being a new parent on top of that has, um, you know, has, 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 comes, uh, has come with a lot, of, uh, a lot of challenges, but also has been really rewarding. So, yeah, it's, um, for me, you know, my, my world as, a, as, a, as a, you know, in the last kind of years has very much turned upside down in, in a good way. Um, but yeah, it's also been quite challenging. And, and more recently, um, you know, I've been helping my, my wife, my partner kind of uh, get back into full-time work after, after a year's paternity leave. So yeah, look forward to, uh, to the discussion today. Excellent. Thank you so much. And actually, I'm I'm looking at your uh, the you know the bit about your one year old daughter. Was she a quarantine baby, or did you guys make it like just before that that like strange cutoff period in March last year? Australia's had a lot of strange cutoffs, um, depending on what state you're in. Um, we're actually back in lockdown again, but yeah, she actually came. Uh, let's just say between between quarantines, so we just would come out of an isolation period um, and. Uh, I was able to go to the hospital, but it was you know no visitors. So um, yeah, I, I was able to be there, but um, couldn't have any anybody else there. But yeah, it was it was all fine. But yeah, a lot of a lot of her first year was was very much kind of with me working from home and um, yeah and and you know practicing social distancing and the like. Wow. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine it. The idea of being a first-time parent at all seems kind of terrifying. Uh, so adding into that a global pandemic, I'm sure. Uh, you know, there was a lot of growth and a lot of learning done in your household last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so before we jump into the questions, um, I just want to highlight uh, before we do the fact that obviously Michael and Brady are here as part of the New Relic team. Um, so the, the page that you're looking at right now, um, that's what New Relic's company page looks like on powertofly.com. I've put a link into the chat here um, that you can click to take you directly to this page. Um, what you're going to see when you go here, so you can check out you know, company info, you can um, take a look at um, the events tab that'll tell you events that New Relic has, um, has participated in with us in the past. You can see those, those recordings. And you can also see events that they're going to participate with us in the future. So you know, our virtual job fairs, our um, our, our chat and learns uh, like today or our mini summits that we hold uh, every month. So definitely check those out. Um, the other thing that you can do obviously is to click the open jobs listing. Um, the slide in front of you says 1223, but currently there's 1309. So 1,309 roles posted with us. Um, so if you are interested in jobs with New Relic, definitely take a look at those there. Um, you can filter uh, within that page to see, you know, just stuff that would apply to your skill set or your title that you're looking for. Um, the other thing I want to highlight for you is that at the top of this page in the upper right hand corner, there's going to be a, um, a button. It's a big pink button that says follow. Clicking that button is going to do a couple of things for you, but basically what it does is it, it acts like your friend at the company. It tells New Relic that you are interested in working with them even before you fill out an application. And it also keeps you updated when New Relic posts no, new roles. So you don't have to worry that, you know, you don't have to keep coming back and visiting job boards and you don't have to worry that, you know, they're gonna, that you're gonna fall off their radar because they're not gonna fall off yours. Um, it's just a really great tool to use for yourself. Um, and it, you can follow and unfollow as many companies as you like on Power to Fly and you can follow and unfollow at will. So, you know, do it six times in a week, whatever you'd like. But obviously I recommend that you follow New Relic. Um, they were actually one of my accounts when I was still in the talent advocacy position. Um, and so I can tell you from experience and from hosting them on virtual job fairs and stuff, it, it's a really great dynamic team. So if you are, you know, whether you're actively seeking right now, or even if you're just kind of curious and want to see what's out there, I definitely recommend you follow New Relic um, and check out, you know, get some more information about, um, you know, about their team and about their company culture. 
Um, all right, so last thing before we dive in, um, today, these are, what you're seeing in front of you are the principal themes that we're gonna try and cover in today's conversation. Now, the way we got to these was through um, conversations with Bridie and Michael ahead of today's chat, as well as by um, looking at the, the questions list of all the questions that you guys submitted before today's session. So we tried to kind of distill those down and arrange them into somewhat of a conversational format. So we're gonna try and hit these high points here. But if you took time out of your day to be with us live while we, you know, while we record this and while we live stream, we wanna make sure that the time you spend with Powerfly is well worth it. So if you're here and you have a question that you want to get answered, please, please, please feel free to ask it. Um, I ask that you not interrupt Bridie or Michael, um, but I get paid to fill the silence. So please feel free to interrupt me um, if you have a question that you would like to ask. I'll also hold space um, a couple different times throughout the session in case anybody is maybe a little bit shy or I'm a little bit too motor moused and you don't feel like you can jump in. Um, so we're going to try and cover these questions today, but just so you're aware, we want you to drive the, the conversation today. So if you have a question you'd like to ask, please feel free to raise it. You can do it um, via audio, in the chat, or by DMing me. So we're going to talk a little bit about some tactical steps for preparing for the parental leave, as well as how you can kind of best optimize your return to work. We're going to talk a little bit about how to balance being ambitious in your career, as well as with parenthood, because um, I think that's a very common binary mindset that a lot of us have, especially women have, where you know you can have it all, but it's all in one spot or all in the other. It's not really in both. Um, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about how to confidently set those boundaries to avoid guilt at home and at work, you know, feeling like you're not really living up to your expectations here, or you're falling behind on this, this, you know, in this field. So we're going to try and touch on these subjects today. Um, to get us started, let's see, I'm going to go to um, one of the first questions that we were asked, and this one came up actually a couple different ways. Um, this person wanted to know, when should we communicate our need for parental leave to our managers? And do you have any tips for that conversation? So obviously with where women are concerned, there might be a little bit more of a, like an outward in, um, like an, uh, kind of like an outward time clock that seems to be ticking because how long can you go before someone's going to like ask a question or notice? Um, but I'm really interested to get both of your, uh, opinions on this. Um, Bridie, would you like to start? Yeah, I'd love to. Oh, this is a really interesting one. And having been in the position myself, it's, you know, it's pretty daunting because you like, you started a company and, and for me, I was probably 18 months into my career at New Relic. So, I mean, that's in the scheme of things, that's probably a pretty long time, but I was a bit scared, to be honest, about broaching the subject, which in retrospect now, I'm like, I shouldn't have been worried. <laughs> so, so probably something that I'd like to say to everyone, just it's okay. And it's a great and happy time in your life. And um, I think managers and, and leaders, we sort of maybe think preempt how they're going to react. But in my experience, they were just so happy for me and um, pumped that I was going to have a baby and start a family. So really, I shouldn't have been worried. But I think in terms of the timing, it's really a personal thing. And I, my advice would be do it when you're ready. And actually like for women, like with your first baby, you might not even have a bump for like six months. So you can really fly under the radar. Um, and for me, I think I, I think I told my manager when I was like 18 weeks pregnant. Um, and then the reason for that is just because I wanted to make sure everything was all healthy and, and fine before I spilled the news, but that's totally a personal thing. But one major thing that I would recommend and that was really important to me was I wanted to be the person to tell my boss. And I, I think you've just got to be careful about who you speak to in the workplace. You know, if you're friends with people on social media and you're broadcasting it, I think from a, a respect and a courtesy point of view, it's, it's good to sort of keep that under wraps until you have time to have that personal conversation with them. Um, yeah, that's, that's really it. And, and because there's other things that you might not consider like, like intercompany dynamics that maybe they want to, uh, you know, tell people at a certain time or, you know, sort of um, manage that messaging um, depending on what's happening in the company. Yeah, I, th I, like, I think, you know, you make a very good point is that this timing might be different for everybody. Um, to, like regardless of, you know, what the, uh, I would say like, like the, uh, the physical changes might be. Um, so thank you for highlighting that. Um, Michael, what's your opinion on this? I'm, I'm interested to see it for, both from, you know, because we, we try and approach it as like mothers and fathers or, you know, just as caregivers in general, but obviously there's different stakes if you're, you know, not the one birthing the, the child. So what's your opinion on this? 
Well, I had a very um, different experience, not just in the fact that I'm, you know, the, the father and not the mother, but I, I actually had to break the news to the business while I was interviewing. Because, um, uh, yeah, I, um, I was approached um, uh, by um, New Relic's talent team and I, I wasn't actually looking for a job. In fact, um, you know, in, in my own mind, I wanted a really kind of stable year, no big changes. Um, you know, it's going to be enough change in my life. This is before we even knew what COVID really kind of was. I mean, it was in the news, but I hadn't even thought about that. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, for me, I think I started the interview process in late January, I, um, maybe early February. Uh, I started the job in April and I, I pretty much kind of uh, broached the topic on the first conversation I had with, um, with, with my hiring manager. Um, so and part of that was just, you know, that, that first interview was a conversation just to get to know each other. Um, and I think that was a real kind of pivot point in my decision to join New Relic because, um, you know, my manager at the time just made it seem so matter of fact. It's like, you know, you're having, you're having a child, so what? People have children. We happen to also have very good um, parental leave policies here at New Relic. And he, um, he wasn't selling me on the job, but he was definitely, without knowing it, selling me on the culture. Um, and, and just knowing about the entitlements and, 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 and how everybody kind of approaches it um, and the fact that he was okay with me joining a team only to take leave two months into a new job, um, I think spoke volumes for, for the organization. So that, yeah, that was great. That was a great experience. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It does speak really loudly to like the culture of the company and how supportive, how supportive they're going to be um, both like for you as an employee, but also, you know, balancing your personal and professional life you know if they're if they're not really supportive of that other half of you that it's you know it can be really difficult to try and, and maintain any kind of balance there so yeah I love that so awesome um okay so this next person had wanted to know um you know in more of a uh you know planning ahead process they said I'm going to be going on leave shortly what are some best practices for creating a leave plan that is scalable I want to make sure this transition is smooth as possible for the colleagues that will take care of my responsibilities while I'm away I think Michael that was when you were yeah um, I think I'm going to speak less about um kind of the the, the the, you know, the detail of it, the tactical stuff around kind of, you know, everyone's got their own systems, you know, typically when I go on vacation, I'll, I'll prepare kind of a spreadsheet, a bit of a handover, all the links, try to get my notes in order. Um, I think for me with, with parental leave, um, it was probably more what I, I didn't do or what I could have done better that I'd like to share. Um, and I think, you know, what I would have done differently, especially being so new to the company is really just um, communicated probably more um, with my manager around expectations for when I return, because there's nothing worse. And I think that's one of the big themes, right? Is how to balance um, boundaries. Uh, so you're not feeling guilt both at home and at work. And, you know, to avoid that kind of dreaded feeling when you're about to come back and you've got kind of two weeks left, or it might even be longer for some people, you, you start to kind of have that anticipation or, or nerves. And I think a lot of that is just due to uncertainty around what's going to happen when you get back. Um, and I think one thing that I probably could have owned more, and it's something I think you really have to own, it's not just up to your manager, um, it's just to understand look, what, is, what are the first four weeks going to look like when I get back? What are the first eight weeks going to look like when I get back? Um, you know, I, at this point, had, had only had remote interactions with my, um, with my team and my manager, um, apart from one interview before COVID. But uh, I think, you know, the circumstances meant that I actually probably had to be more proactive about that because I kind of came back. I'd done two months of a lot of onboarding. Um, I hadn't really kind of had much, you know, customer or external facing work, um, which is basically what my whole role is. Um, but, you know, my, my, at times, maybe kind of four or five weeks in, my manager was like, okay, so, you know, how many, how many customers have you, have you kind of conversations with? Have you gotten through this list? And I was like, uh, I'm actually still kind of working on onboarding. Um, so that's a really long winded way of saying, have a plan for when you come back, have a four week plan, an eight week plan, whatever it is you need in, in order to feel comfortable, um, because that will help kind of alleviate a lot of that, uh, that nervous kind of energy 
um, before you actually come back so you can enjoy your full period uh, that you're on parental leave. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I think you're totally right. Like the idea of things thinking like, oh yeah, this will all be fine. And, you know, we'll just onboard you back again. Like having, having the forethought to think of like, what are some of the, not necessarily milestones, but like things that you want to make sure happen in your first four weeks back or in your first eight weeks back, um, that kind of forethought can definitely help take a lot of the guesswork out of what happens when you come back, you know, cause you think it's going to be, um, you know, just a real smooth transition and it'll be great. But like, <laughs> you're probably going to be a bit sleep deprived. You're probably going to be making a, like entirely new adjustments to this tiny thing that's like ruling your house now. Um, so, you know, the idea that you can kind of set yourself up for success with a little bit of, of pre-planning, it doesn't necessarily mean everything's going to go to plan. It probably won't, but at least you have that framework to fall back on or to start with and say, Hey, you know, it's, I've been here, I've been back for five weeks and we, I didn't get any of the, the things done that we wanted to get done in the first four. Can we reassess the eight week plan now? Um, so yeah, I, I think that's really great. Um, Bridie, did you have anything different? Oh, sorry, Michael, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was you. just going to say, just to add to that as well, just looking at it from your manager's perspective, right? Their, their working world hasn't stopped while you've been away. Um, in my manager's case, at that point in time, he was man directly managing kind of 10 or 11 different people. Um, so it's really difficult to kind of, from a manager's perspective, to track where you're at. Um, in my case, it was in my onboarding process. Um, and, uh, I just think having that kind of, as you say, framework to fall back on is really helpful for your, for your manager as well. It makes, makes their life a lot easier. Yeah, I love that. And you're right, that open communication and having that, um, you know, having that transparency, um, with your manager or your team, whatever, you know, whatever your setup looks like, um, is really key. It definitely helps. It helps make a lot of things a lot easier, right? Um, Bridie, what would you like to say about this? Uh, I, I agree with exactly what you said. I think communication is the key, really. Understanding, like, to align on the priorities and expectations. And then also as a, um, you know, as a person going on leave, being proactive to sort of identify where are their gaps, where do I, where do I need help, um, and that sort of thing. So I think, yeah, just being, just communicating and, and being honest is, is really important. Yeah, for sure. And actually, I was just thinking back to Michael, what you had said about, um, you know, the working world doesn't, doesn't stop just because you're not there. Um, you know, that can be something that's either both very comforting to somebody or can be kind of scary. Um, this person had written in asking how to make sure that your employer or boss doesn't forget you and your past performance. Now, this person's speaking from a position of like worrying about how they might be pretty easily replaced. But it's also, you know, kind of important to realize that you're, you're trying to make plans for where you're going to sync back up with a machine that's not going to stop running just because you're gone. Um, so Bridie, have you, did you ever have this concern when you were going on parental leave or is this not anything that you've had to deal with in your career? Um, it most certainly was a concern for me. You know, um, I went on leave for eight months, so it's, it's different to America and it's different to other places in the world. Like Australia, we can take up to 12 months off parentally for, for, um, and your job is still there for you. So I took eight months and yeah, it was definitely a, a concern for me. I'm like, what if they forget me? What if they don't remember how awesome I am? So the way I, I got around it and, you know, this obviously depends on your personal circumstances, but I live quite close to the office. So I, you know, I'd, I'd keep in touch with my manager. You know, if you need help with, you know, hiring, can I come in and help you interview people? Um, and then I, you know, chuck my baby in the pram and bring her into the office. <laughs> which is really great because, you know, it sort of creates that connection and people go, oh, this is what you've been doing for eight months. So it was really fun. And, you know, thanks to my colleagues who looked after my baby and, you know, fed her a bottle and changed her nappy for a couple of hours while I was having meetings. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm trying to think, of, I don't think that there's really a better productivity flex than like I made an entire person. So, you know, the way to go for that. Um, no, I, I think you're right. It's, it's definitely something that's a concern. Um, even if you're just kind of worried that you'll, you'll kind of get rusty or like fall out of the swing of things. Um, and it's really definitely worth highlighting. Like you said, um, you know, Australia has really great parental leave laws. Um, 
a lot of them seem very decadent from the American perspective, which is a sad commentary on the state of things. Um, but you're right, you know, not everybody has that, that, that really lovely cushion of saying like, hey, we understand this is a huge change in your life. You should take time to get used to this. Um, so that's really wonderful that, you know, you have, you had that time um, as well as like we talked about earlier, kind of that open communication with your team and your manager to say like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm adjusting pretty well. And if you guys need help on, you know, a couple projects, you need help on this, like, let me know. So I love that. Um, Michael, did you have any of the same concerns when you went on parental leave? Um, probably slightly different situation because I was, I was very new to the business. Um, but yeah, so, and, and also we were, we were also, um, the office was closed. So we were in COVID. So I didn't uh, obviously have the luxury of being able to kind of come in and, um, and keep in touch face to face. But, um, but yeah, I made sure that I was, um, you know, I sent things like photographs um, to, to people I knew. I was still getting to know a lot of people. So I didn't want to kind of spray the whole business with, uh, with baby photos. I mean, a lot of people probably still didn't know who I was. Um, but uh, yeah, I kind of kept in touch that way. Uh, you know, had it, made sure I had, a, had time for a few phone conversations with, with, um, with my manager. It was nice to, I remember just getting out of the house and going for a big long walk around, around the parks near me and, just having having a conversation. I think a lot of people did the whole COVID power walking thing. So um, yeah, just made sure I kept in touch that way. But um, but yeah, I, probably probably not to the same extent as Bridie. No, I think you're right. I think that's wonderful. And it is good to remember that, you know, keeping your hand in um, doesn't necessarily mean you have to be there physically. You have to show up, you know, um, kid in tow uh, to, to remind people what you've got going on. So I think that's that's a really good point to make. You know, if you have those connections and have like your work buddies at, this, at the company, um, you know, share what you're doing. Like good news travels fast and people love babies. They love baby pictures. They love all that stuff. So yeah, super awesome. Um, okay, so in terms of that comeback, um, what did you, did, did either of you have any, um, you know, experience with like really setting expectations for your employers or your colleagues when you were coming back? Um, because, you know, regardless of whether this is, you know, a, a, a child that you are giving birth to or a child you're welcoming into your home, um, you know, there's, it's pretty, it's pretty logical to think that some of your priorities are going to change a bit, what, like once this huge change happens in your household. Um, so, it, were there any ways that you guys found, um, you know, especially useful in tackling this? Um, yeah, I think like, again, it comes down to communication and sort of creating those boundaries. So my team, I, I lead a team of five people. Um, so they sort of know that from five o'clock to seven o'clock, 7 p.m., that's the witching hour in my house. So I'm like, you can call me, but you might have a screaming toddler in the background. Who I'm trying to like wrangle into the bath. So yeah, like I'm free after that if you want to have a chat, um, but just, you know, making making it known that that's not a great time for me <laughs> and it's time that I'm spending, you know, with my my daughter and my husband. Um, and I think that's that's it, right? Like just saying that these are this is what what's going on for me so that they can empathise and we can sort of make a plan around that. But, yeah, it's pretty simple. Yeah, I've gone through a lot of the same things. I'm child-free by choice, but I've gone through a lot of the same things with um, coworkers that have kids where I'll, you know, I, I can hear some things going on in the background. And I, instead of just being like, oh, I'm sure you have to go do that. I'll, I usually just ask like, do you need to go? If you do, it's fine. We can, you know, jump back on in 15. And it's kind of surprising the number of times that you hear those like blood curdling screams. And they're like, no, everything's fine. <laughs> Like parents get to that point where you can recognize like true distress from like just, you know, un, un, like unrealistic and wild screams. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's a really good point, you know, kind of telling people where you are and here's what my situation is. So as long as we, you know, kind of avoid this time of day, I can fit you in and that's not a problem. Um, Michael, how about you? Did you have um, some of the same, same issues with, you know, trying to set up uh, you know, what your daily schedule was going to be like, or, or ways to like, you know, kind of reprioritize your expectations from your, your, um, your manager? No, no, not really. I think, um, yeah, as Bridie said, just kind of communicating. Um, I'm pretty lucky. I think a lot of, a lot of people in my team, including my manager, uh, are kind of going through a similar life stage, right? He's, um, you know, Brad, my manager, shout out to Brad, everyone, um, is, uh, he's probably about four years ahead of me going through the same thing. So he's got like, I think a five-year-old and three-year-old. Um, there's a, uh, at least two others in my team with, with young children. So um, I think there's a critical mass of us so that we just kind of all get it. Um, and we're pretty lucky in that respect. 
But yeah, I, I just emphasize that communication is a big thing because, you know, becoming a, a parent for the first time, obviously the child, a big, a big part of becoming a parent, um, but there's all sorts of other things going on in your life. Um, you know, I, I, it's feeling like kind of, you know, I'm living dog years at the moment and just how much change there is and um, just communicating, letting people know in advance. I, I, I literally just moved house yesterday. Uh, we had to kind of upgrade from a, an apartment to a, to a house with a bit more space, um, which I think a lot of people are doing during COVID. But I, I just told my manager, you know, a week in advance, not even that much in advance. And, and he was absolutely cool with it and really accommodating. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just about kind of that two-way communication. I'd say it's as simple as that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's really great that they were able to, you know, kind of flex with you because you're right. It's not just changes in one area of your life. I mean, there's going to be changes to your, you know, your relationship with the other people in your house and who's taking on, you know, what responsibilities there's going to be changes all over the place. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really, a really great way to, uh, to look at it. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about when you return to work. Um, there's a lot of, especially I hear this from a lot of working parents, both like my coworkers, as well as my friends that have kids, that there's a lot of guilt a lot of the time and that it kind of depends on, you know, what your, your state of mind is at the moment, whether that guilt is because you are focusing more on work than you are on time with family, or you're focusing more on family than you are on time at work. And some of that, I feel like comes from, um, a lot of like that comparison thing, right? Like I, I can't deliver as much as some of my coworkers without children can. Um, have either of you experienced this at all? And if so, how did you deal with it? Massively, I, I think, um, sorry, we're going to jump in there, Brody, but yeah, this is something that I, that I'm kind of going through every, every day. Um, just the way that I, I used to be able to work when it was all about me and, and life was just about me. And, you know, even though my wife was here, it was pretty flexible. She had She's obviously busy in her own right. Um, you know, it, it's it's tough to make that adjustment from someone who can just, you know, work late into the night, uh, stay back in the office, um, get up early. Um, and it's not just work, it's the routine around work, you know, getting exercise in, in the morning, all that type of stuff, which makes you more productive and, and makes you feel like who, you're, who you are at work, um, that kind of goes out the window. Um, likewise, when you're, you know, working extra long hours because you've got like a deadline or uh, a deal or, or something, you need to get out the door and you know that your partner has been basically uh, doing the heavy lifting for a week, um, you do feel pretty guilty. Um, and, and I guess for me, it's just really just about accepting um, and, and just knowing that in the case of work, work's not gonna go away um, just stepping back and, you know, like it's going to sound funny, but breathing exercises and stuff at times have been pretty helpful just to, or a walk uh, for me, my, my kind of go-to strategy is just to go for a walk, find some green space, go for a walk. If, if you know, if you have that luxury to have parks near your house. Um, and that just kind of resets you and it makes you realize, you know, with a bit of perspective that if I do not get this thing out the door in the next 15 minutes, is it really going to be the end of the world? And the reality is that, you know, nine times out of 10, it's not. Um, so yeah, I think from, to answer the question, it's just to, just to kind of have those on both sides, on, on the guilt at home and the guilt re regarding work, it's just to be able to kind of step back and have a bit of time to yourself, um, even if it's five minutes around the block, um, you know, or just go into another room to kind of reset. That's been really, really helpful for me. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the crucial things, right? Like those feelings of guilt and stuff like this is <laughs> unrelated to childcare. This is something that I've talked with my therapist about. And that's one of the things she talks about is like those feelings of guilt and and they feel very overwhelming. But, you know, Michael, your your tactic of dealing with it with like, you know, kind of taking that breather, it's crucial. You know, those feelings usually don't last longer than 15 minutes. And so if you can kind of be, you know, either sit it out or walk it out through that time, then you get to the point where your head is actually clear. You're not like overwhelmed with this emotion and you can make those decisions. And, you know, you're right. There's, there's times in your life where it's okay to work, you know, work the long hours and, and have the balance of, you know, who's taking care of the house or taking care of the family, um, you know, kind of shift. But, you know, being able to have like that open communication with your partner is invaluable, especially when 
one of the factors of like, you know, how much of that lift needs to be shouldered by which person is being dictated by somebody that you can't reason with. You can't say like, okay, but you need to let, you know, just call, I, I get that you're hungry. If you can wait five minutes, I'll take care of it. And then we can, you know, make dinner. Kids don't understand that. I don't think they under, I mean, I don't think I understood it past probably 25. I was still just like, no, 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 no. I need food now. This is what's happening. So yeah, it's, it's having that open communication and, and being able to, to step back from that and, and take that time to clear your head is huge. Um, Bridie, did you um, follow any similar, um, similar ideas to Michael or did you have a different take on it? Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that's really great advice from Michael. But like, I mean, I guess my perspective is like, this is, it, life is an infinite game, right? Like this is just a point in time of our lives and you don't win at careers. You don't win at parenthood. I don't know if anyone's read Simon Sinek's book, The Infinite Game, but it, it really gave me a lot of perspective on it that, yeah, it's just a point in time. And if I have those clear expectations with my my work, with what's a, what they expect, and I deliver on that, then that's okay. But you've got to you've got to accept it and be flexible in yourself to know that there's going to be peaks and troughs of different things that that come up. Maybe one week it's all on hands on deck because your kid's sick or you're sick. <clears throat> daycare you know luggy that you get <laughs> um but it just happens like that and and you've really just got to roll with it and know that it's not always going to be like this um and then the other thing I think is around boundaries what I found like you know as a woman I've always liked to multitask but I think it's better almost to to separate when you're at work you're at work and then when you're at home you're at home and I know that's not always possible particularly with COVID but like my two-year-old she hates it when I'm on the phone like I'll be like you know sending a slack message and she's like mommy <laughs> she wants to play a game she wants to play Angry Birds she's like let me play Angry Birds I'm like I'm busy doing this so I try and just make sure that I finish my work and then when I engage with her that I'm, I'm fully present because I think that can really create feelings of anxiety if you're trying to do both things at once so if, if possible try and just separate them yeah, yeah I think that's totally a really agree good with that. Point. Yeah, Michael. So your 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 child's a little bit younger than than Bridie's, but um, do you have any do you have any um like tips or anything for you know kind of doing that remote work balance um with a kid in the background? I know that it can kind of. I think this answer different differs wildly, to, just even from family to family, maybe even from child to child. Um, but are there any you know any things that you've had to you know kind of navigate like screaming kid in the background while you're on a Zoom call or um you know being being pulled in like three different directions when you're you're you know trying to do work and and kids and you know all this kind of stuff like how did you handle that yeah yeah daily on a daily basis i think um the first thing is just just to kind of have your own space but i obviously appreciate that not everybody has that luxury um you know it was, it was a, you know we, we've, we've just kind of made a move in order to facilitate that because i think it's only going to become uh, more of a juggling act as, as, as the children get older or as the child gets older in my case. Um, but because of that, because we were in a kind of a quite a confined space for so long doing this whole remote work thing and now we're back at it in Sydney, unfortunately. Um, we've just been really good at planning and communicating. Um, if, if anything, I think it's, a, it, you know, b between me and my wife, I think it's actually kind of helped our relationship from a communication perspective because we just have to do it in order to make things work. Um, so at least the day before, I mean, we're not quite this awesome. So please don't think we're doing it every single Sunday, but we kind of like look at each other's calendars and go, hey, have you got, you know, who's got the big, the big meeting? Who's got a big presentation to deliver? Uh, and, and then we kind of just map out like, so tomorrow who's doing the daycare drop-off pickup? Um, and then, you know, so just basically have that really clear. So we're not springing on each other five minutes before obviously there's going to be certain things that come up and you have to be, you know, nimble with that. But, um, but yeah, to the extent that you can just plan responsibilities, if, you know, if, if you do have the luxury of having a partner um, and, you know, obviously a bit difficult for, for, for single parents out there. Um, but yeah, just communicating with your partner, um, planning responsibilities um, and uh, yeah, being patient. <laughs> That's pretty much it. 
I think, yeah, you're right. Patience is a key there. And it's, um, you know, we like to think of it as a, a renewable resource. It might not seem like that at times. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you're right that having that patience and, and trying to have that open, open communication with, you know, whoever is part of this, you know, caregiving process with you um, is absolutely invaluable. Um, yeah. So, okay. So before we get going, we got about 10 minutes left in today's session before we kind of round out and go into some more details about New Relic. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about professional development. So we've, you know, you, you've had the conversation with your manager, you've gone on your parental leave, and now either, either you're on your way back or you're starting to think about this. Um, how can you really, what changes about your professional development and what maybe your plans are for yourself after you become a parent? Um, I think that a lot of people had questions about how to stay motivated and how to make time for yourself outside of trying to level up at work. Um, so do either of you have any, any thoughts that you'd like to just jump in on this? Um, yeah, I can jump in, Michael. I, like, I think in terms of having, being ambitious in your career, I mean, that's obviously a personal thing and maybe your priorities shift and you're like, well, actually home life is really hectic. I just want to stay where I am. I'm happy doing what I'm doing for however long until I've got a bit more brain space and, um, you know, um, energy and, and opportunity to, to think about um, a career change or sort of moving up the ladder. Uh, but for me, I, I think, I don't know, I guess I am quite an ambitious person. So I sort of came back to the office and it was a case of speaking with my manager at the time. This is what I want to do with my career. Um, this is where I think I'm at at the moment. These are the gaps that I sort of see for myself um, stopping me from all the things that I need to do to get to the next uh, level and yeah I guess working with him and and getting his feedback on it so that I could put together a plan that would would help me get to the next step in my career so it definitely hasn't slowed me down um, in terms of personal development I'd say audiobooks and like Spotify podcasts are the best because you really can like sort of listen to that and you know do parental stuff so I think that's been a, a real um, help to me yeah, I mean, go out and get it. If you want it, then that's great. If you don't and you just want to sort of stay where you are, then that's also okay. Yeah, I think that's one of the key parts, especially for, um, you know, for women, you get, you get a lot of that messaging, right? About like, well, you have to keep going in your career. And if you do want to be a mom, then you have to be the best mom there ever was. And it's, it can feel really hard, right? To try and balance you know, you, you can now, it's th that idea that, right, if you're succeeding at home, um, then you're probably not succeeding at work. And it's not, it doesn't need to be that binary. It doesn't need to be that cut and dry. Um, and I completely, uh, uh, I completely agree with you um, on like podcasts and, and audiobooks and stuff. There's a lot of time where either it's not necessarily downtime, but like, think about all the other things that we marinate in throughout the day. Like I remember song lyrics from when I was in like fifth grade, but like, I can't remember, you know, what I had for breakfast today, but listening to podcasts, even if I'm not like taking in absolutely every single word that's being said, I'm still marinating in, you know, and, and passively like, uh, you know, uh, taking in like, you know, these ideas or these tips on, you know, time management or how I can be, you know, like you said, like kind of have a different viewpoint on what I'm actually experiencing right now and um, really have that paradigm shift. So that's so great. Um, Michael, did you have anything you wanted to talk about with this? No, I think I, I just might've dropped off for, for about two seconds there. So oh, no uh, worries. are we, uh, we're discussing kind of resources or go to kind of professional development. Actually, we're talking about, um, you know, ways to kind of keep your career like momentum going, um, especially if you come back from parental leave um, and how kind of your priorities might change, but maybe your, your goals don't necessarily change. It's just the methods you're going to reach to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think mentoring is a big one. Um, just kind of go out and, 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 you know, get yourself the, the right mentor um, in uh, you know, work and life, I guess. I mean, if you're talking to, you know, about kind of becoming a working parent, then it's probably good that you'd have a mentor who who's gone through the same thing yourself. Um, I'm just big on kind of getting experiences from other people who are, you know, I trust and respect um, and, and who I can kind of see a similar pathway to. Um, so yeah, look, it doesn't have to necessarily be someone from work. Um, you know, for instance, I, I've, I've, I've got a cousin who is a, um, you know, a pretty successful entrepreneur. Um, I, I speak to him a lot for, 
for kind of kind of advice on on career development um, and and just you know life, uh, I guess. So um, you know others as well, people I've worked with and for in the past, who I remain in touch with. Um, but yeah, it's 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 always good to kind of you know have have that lived experience be be shared with you. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so one of the last questions I want to touch on before we jump into new relic stuff. Um, this person had talked about uh, how they're going to be, they're looking for a new role right now and they plan on um, have, needing parental leave in about like a year and a half to two years, you know, based on when they're trying to plan their family. Um, when obviously, Michael, you were job hunting while you were uh, anticipating having to go on parental leave. So you'll probably be, uh, you know, maybe who should we t- should touch on this first with. But are there different recommendations or any tips you have on um, either approaching the company's parental benefits or things that you that you were really looking out for, red flags that you noticed? Um, you know, how did this process work for you? You know, what were what were some of the things that you were looking out for um, when you were uh, when you were interviewing? Yeah, I mean, in, in my case, I had the, uh, the luxury of having a job. Um, so I, I, I was you know tapped on the shoulder for, for one of a better expression. Um, so in a way I was able to kind of shop around and, 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 and kind of get a, get a vibe of that culture or um, around parental leave. Um, and, you know, New Relic was, was, was far and away kind of the, the best, not just in terms of the fact that, you know, it's, I think it's like 12 weeks fully paid, regardless of whether you're, you know, the, the mother or the, the secondary care or whatever the case may be, it's just it's a blanket kind of policy. And I thought that was really good, but, um, I also just look for, or in this particular case, there was one other organization that I was speaking to, two up two at one point, but one main other, I guess, um, talent competitor um, that I was speaking to at the same time. And uh, New Relic just kind of really stood out from, from the attitude, not just the policy, but I think just that kind of, um, that kind of cultural um, uh, feeling towards, you know, family, parental leave, flexible work, all, all the things that you that you look for, um, and it, this might come down to individual managers. I just I just thought that the way that it was so matter of fact, like yeah, parental leave, but yeah, people do that. Everyone does that. Let's yeah, we fully support it and go for it. Two months in, fantastic. We'll pick it up when you get back. It was just so laid back, um, <laughs> which was which was great. I, I really kind of connected with that. That's wonderful. Yeah. And you're right. It does, it does really differ. I mean, you could have the same information delivered two vastly different ways and get a completely different understanding of, you know, what the, what the company culture is really like about this, right? Like you want to, you're looking for someplace that's not going to treat it like, um, you know, like a, you know, like a problem you want, a you want a company that's going to realize that you're a person with a life outside of work and that if they're going to support you in a professional sense, they should be willing to support you in a personal sense as well. Um, Bridie, what was your experience with this? Um, you know, were you interviewing or at anything at any point um, prior to having uh, your daughter? Um, yeah, this is, I, this is really interesting. And look, I think Michael had the luxury of being tapped on the shoulder, but he's also got the luxury of being a man, which makes a big difference. <laughs> no disrespect, Michael, but you know, when you're, there's, there's a real thing, the motherhood penalty, and that's, it's a, it's a real thing. And it's a real shame that women feel that they have, have to like sort of fly under the radar to ask about parental leave. And, you know, I think that's sort of shame on companies for making it that way because it shouldn't be the case. Um, but I 100% agree. And I have been in that position where I was interviewing, and this is prior to New Relic. And yeah, I was probably like, you know, in my sort of late 20s. And I was like, well, maybe I will start thinking about having a, having a family. And I felt really concerned about asking the question about leave and benefits because I was like, oh, well, what if that does raise a red flag? And they go, well, we don't want to hire this woman because she might leave us and, um, you know, go off and, and do something else and yeah so it is a real thing for sure and probably my advice would be if you don't feel comfortable talking to the hiring manager which is totally understandable um speak to your talent the talent person um Sinead in our team I know she it would be a confidential conversation but also like companies like New Relic we spruik those benefits that's part of why you should come and join us because we have all of that all of those benefits and we don't just pay lip service to them they actually you know we support parents going on leave so I think if you're 
worried to ask maybe it's not the right company yeah I think that's a really you you made a lot of really good points there in a few short sentences um because I mean I've been in the working world for almost 20 years and I remember point blank being told to not wear my engagement ring to interviews because then it's usually an assumption and like even after I didn't wear my wedding ring to interviews because I it's that assumption that like oh well you're married so you must be on the baby track sometime soon which of course as you know horrible mores dictate is the death of your career um and so yeah it's it's definitely one of those things that it, it becomes very, it's a tricky, you know, kind of field to navigate. Um, but yeah, you make a really good point, which is like, if you're uncomfortable asking, like we, t- I feel like we say this a lot, but like when you're in interviews, you are interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. So if you ask a question and the answer you get isn't really satisfactory, it's okay to follow that up. Like, oh, do you, you know, what's your parental leave program like? And they're like, okay, well, you know, here's three weeks, we'll see you back okay, well, you know, what do you guys do if there's like, you know, more complications or what is your policy about, you know, in terms of adoption versus like, you know, having, having your own child physically, like, is there a different, do you guys treat that differently? Is there parental leave? Does that cover, you know, mothers as well as fathers or partners as well? You know, how does that work? Um, and so being able to ask those questions, yeah, is like super key. Um, did either of you, uh, you know, is there any kind of like a, a parental, like uh, working parents group at New Relic that you guys are part of? Or is that, you know, is it more of like the whole company culture is involved in this, uh, not just one specific group? I'm not too sure, but I feel like if there isn't, there, there really should be. I don't know, Brian. <laughs> we don't have one. I think everyone sort of just, yeah, shares it with the whole company. But I think that's a good idea, Meg. We might have to set that up. My apologies. I didn't mean to like, you know, push you guys into be like, no, we don't have one. But no, you're right. Like it's it's one of those things where I feel like a lot of times the companies that have them are because they needed them. Like it was not the group was not being supported. And that's part of where, you know, the organization of it kind of comes about. But you're right. You guys have both made very good points that, you know, New Relic is like when you have something you're proud of about your company, you tend to crow about it. So if they're not, you know, if the company that you're interviewing with isn't really talking about what their policies are, they're not real forthcoming on that, that might be a red flag, you know, ask to speak to somebody else in the team that, you know, has recently done it or see if they have like a, a, you know, an ERG that you can speak to about their experiences. Um, Okay, so to lead us into a little bit more of about New Relic before we close out today, can we um, can we talk a little bit about how you feel like New Relic really advocates for that work life balance or work like life integration, you know we've talked a lot about it in terms of being a working parent, um, but there are there any other ways or aspects of your lives that you feel like New Relic really um, helps support you personally as well as professionally. Um, I could take that one Michael New Relic I think. We, particularly after COVID or during COVID, since we're still in lockdown in Sydney, but I think we've really um, gotten serious about work-life balance and really serious about burnout and making sure that our employees aren't burned out, that they're happy at home, they're contributing to the company. Um, So we've done a couple of things. And look, I think we've always had really good uh, work-life balance sort of philosophy, but um, a couple of things, our, our new CEO, Bill Staples, just announced a company-wide holiday. So we, for a week in August, the whole company gets a week off. And, you know, that's just to sort of say thanks to to our people for the hard work that they put in over COVID. We know it wasn't easy. So that's really cool. I'm really excited to hopefully get out of the house. Um, but we do things like um, just in Sydney, we've implemented a, a no meetings Friday uh, sort of situation where people can use that time for professional development and to upskill and to connect with their colleagues. So, you know, no external meetings, sort of just giving them time for a bit of introspection. Um, And then also, you know, sort of, I guess, you know, it's not a set like a official policy, but we have a unspoken sort of thing that we don't slack people or um, contact them after hours, unless it's really urgent, you might give someone a call, but you know, just trying to protect that time and, and protect people's um, you know, boundaries and, and time with their families. That's wonderful. Michael, how about you? What's your experience been? Yeah, I mean, uh, at the risk of overplugging <laughs> how good our, um, our parental leave policy is, I, I just thought it was great that, um, you know, a, a, as a father, a new father, um, it, it suited me not to take that 
have to take that full 12 weeks in, in one block. Um, and just, you know, something like just being able to kind of take that in, in smaller chunks or, you know, even kind of a week here or there over the course of, uh, of the child's first year um, was, was really good. Um, so, yeah, I think Bridie's kind of captured everything else around everything that's kind of going on um, in and around the COVID situation with burnout and the company really recognizing that. There's also just, you know, pretty cool random initiatives like, like local management will approve um, just a regional kind of, uh, you know, vacation day or whatever um, from time to time. You know, it's probably happened a couple of times since I've been here and I've been here for a bit over a year where it's just recognition of the good work that the whole region's doing. So, you know, it might just be a, a, an, you know, an Australia only thing or a, an Asia Pacific and Japan kind of thing. But um, yeah, just stuff like that. You, it's good to know that the company's kind of thinking about, about you as an employee and, and you know, how, how hard you might be working. And, you know, sometimes we forget that we've, we're kind of so, we're so deep in it that we just don't, we don't realize that we need a break. So that it's, it's good to, to, that they recognize that for us. Yeah, that's absolutely, that's wonderful and really invaluable in a lot of ways. Um, Cause you're right. It's, it's one thing to realize that personally, like, uh, you know, I'm feeling kind of burnt out and that sucks, but it's quite another to, to hear from the top down, like we're concerned about this for you. So let's make sure everybody takes a break. Um, it feels at least from like the terrible American workaholic uh, mindset, it feels like a lot, a lot more, freeing and acceptable to to take that time than to be the person that stands up and is like I'm not doing well can we like take a breather here um so yeah all right so to close us out here um I'm gonna share my screen so you guys can see um some of this information so these were all questions that we asked of Bridie and Michael prior to today's session now um some of them are kind of self-explanatory but the one that I really want to highlight is um your top tips for someone who's interviewing um, so, Michael, would you like to start off um, with some of your tips and then we can go to Bridie? Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you know, for someone who's interviewing, I think, yeah, just, just being really kind of honest and, and being yourself. Like, you wouldn't want to work for an organization where you couldn't, couldn't really bring yourself to work. I know it's a bit of a cliche that's thrown around in, um, you know, talent and HR circles, but I, I really genuinely agree with that. You want to be able to feel like you can be, be authentic at work. So, I... I always get a really kind of positive vibe straight away when, when the first interview is framed less as an interview, but it's also kind of almost a getting to know you session and, and whether or not you're going to even be a cultural fit. Um, so that, that's, that's, that's kind of a real, real big one for me. Yeah, that's great. Bridie, how about you? Um, yeah, I, I agree with that, Michael. And uh, I think these were my words, <laughs> know your own story, what makes you unique and how can you like sort of fit in to help us, reach the next phase of our growth um, but I also think like just practically go prepare go on uh, read our customer stories online there's some really great ones there really understand what problems do we solve for our customers and you know how do we help them because that's really what the business the business we're in which is to be customer obsessed and to to help our customers achieve their goals so that would be my advice excellent um, all right, so I know we have um, a couple other uh, New Relic team members on the line here. So one of the questions we got asked a lot was um, about what the interview process looks like at New Relic. So um, Sinead or Yenny, would either of you like to jump in on this? Uh, yeah, I can jump in. Um, I think it, it obviously depends like from role to role and what type of or what part of the organization you're interviewing with. Um, but generally we try and have like anyone new that's coming on board or, or might be joining the team um, to meet with some of the leadership team, some of the team that they'll be working alongside day to day. Um, and then just more um, people from like a culture perspective as well. I think someone mentioned it earlier that the interview process is two-sided. It's as much about, um, you know, this person evaluating New Relic as vice versa. So we always like to give them um, quite a mixed slate of the people that they can meet with. So yeah, that they get like a really good understanding of New Relic from a few different perspectives. Um, so yeah, it's generally like four to five rounds. Um, yeah, and try and obviously try to get through it pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, that's generally what it looks like. Awesome. Thank you for that. 
Um, so we have a slide up here that's got some of the open roles at New Relic that we wanted to highlight for y'all. Um, I'm going to share the link here um, to where you can check out the, you know, the full descriptions of these um, of these jobs. I also want to highlight for um, people that are asking in the chat, everyone will get a link um, in an email about one to two business days with a uh, a link to where you can watch the recording of today's session, or you can head over to our YouTube channel in about five to 15 minutes and you'll see um, the video posted there as well. Um, so are there any, I, you know, any roles here or anything else that y'all would like to highlight um, before we say goodbye for today? Um, yeah, I was just going to say like for anyone that's on the call or anyone watching the recording, you can reach out to Yenny or I just um, even if there isn't a role on here that's suitable, I think, yeah, it's always good to connect early um, and, yeah, just start talking about what types of opportunities you'd be looking for. So, yeah, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, do you prefer reaching out on, um, like, LinkedIn or something, or is there, like, a, an email box they should email? Yeah, LinkedIn is perfect. Um, yeah, I think Powerfly will be able to share our details as well with anyone that's joined or anyone that's watching the recording. So, yeah, it's perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, all right, so that rounds us out for today, um, but I just want to say a huge thank you to Bridie, Michael, Sinead, and Yenny, and everyone from the New Relic team that helped make today possible. Um, I know it's not just the, uh, the time that you spend with us right now. There's all kinds of prep time that usually people put into this, so thank you all um, so much for that. We're so happy to, to have you uh, join us today and, and share your experiences with our community. Thanks, Meg. Thanks, Meg. Thanks, Thanks for the everyone. Cheers. All right. So um, a huge thank you as well to our attendees. Um, Y'all had some really awesome questions in advance of today's session. So that was really appreciated. Um, we can't wait to see you join us on some future events that we've got going on. Next week is our virtual summit. It's tech for social impact. Um, so hopefully you guys will join us for that. There's also a job fair at the end of the week. Um, and then we've got a ton of great chats happening throughout the rest of July and into August. So um, check out our, uh, our, our upcoming events list. I'll throw that link in the chat as well. Um, and hopefully we'll see many more of you joining us on future events. Um, so I hope you guys have a, a wonderful rest of your day, whether it is Thursday or Friday, wherever you are. And yeah, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully see you next week. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.